want to start off by asking you all a question as we get started today. How many of you felt the presence of God when you walked in here today? Let me ask you another question. How many of you felt welcomed and loved? Let me ask you another question. How many of you felt that this is a place that honors God and his people? Let me stop each and every one of you here in your tracks. No, you didn't. Let me tell you why. Because I didn't feel that way either. If you notice, things are definitely out of order this morning. Chairs are out of order. Nobody opened the door for you. Nobody welcomed you. Nobody greeted you. Nobody checked you in. Nobody offered you coffee. Nobody spoke to you. Nobody really engaged with you. And the truth is that none of us did, myself included, none of us feel that way, that this was truly a morning where we came with the intent and purpose to honor God. And let me tell you why. We did this on purpose to bring to light what happens when the church of Christ persists without honor. It falls apart and it fails to create a means by which God reaches people. Let me just acknowledge the elephant in the room. It feels heavy this morning. It feels heavy this morning. We did that on purpose. Let me tell you why. Because I know of no group of believers and church leaders that go out of their way to dishonor God purposely to this extent like we've done. But, we out, but, but what we see is that, what, we, what we're seeing today is that it's what happens outwardly through the example that we, we set here today, it's a mirror image of what's actually happening inwardly in a church that doesn't honor God. I want you to really sit and, and really, 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 really navigate and manage that tension, experience that tension that you're getting right now because this is the reality in large parts of the body of Christ. We do it outwardly, but inwardly there's dishonor. There's dishonor unto the Lord and there's dishonor unto his people. So today I want you to lean in to God's word. We're doing things backwards today. Don't worry about it. We're going to take some time and worship at the end. We're doing things backwards today. We're making it wacky and awkward on purpose. But today I want to talk to you on the topic of the honoring church. The Honoring Church. We've been on this series on the secret sauce and we've been talking about honor. And what we see is that honor from the example of Jesus' life, the scripture tells us that one day he showed up in his own hometown and he could not do many miracles there because there was no honor. There was no honor unto him. Now see, a church without honor is a lifeless church. It is a hazard to the people within it and to the communities that surround it. A church without honor is an enemy to the kingdom of God because it gives the outward appearance of godliness. But listen closely. It makes no room for God inwardly. There's no room for God. It puts a stop to anything that God wants to do in its people and through its people unto others. And so the scripture actually records a church service that was full of dishonor. 
It was full of dishonor. For those of you that are just walking in, you missed some wacky stuff. We did on purpose. You'll, you'll get it in a second. But the scriptures record a day when Jesus was in his hometown, a place called Capernaum. And Bible uh, theologians and, and, and historians record, they, they, they believe that this was actually in Jesus' own home, in his house. And he had a church service of sorts. People came from all over Galilee and from Judea and from Jerusalem to hear him teach about the kingdom of God. So get this picture, the place is packed. Everybody's there to hear from Jesus, to see what Jesus was saying and see what Jesus might do and experience and maybe get something from Jesus. Everybody appeared to be doing this outwardly for the right reasons, but there was no honor within this gathering. And I want us to see what happened and why there was no honor and what we can learn from it. Luke chapter 5 and verse 17 says, and the power of the Lord was, say this with me, was what? Present. Present. Oh, come on now. I, I know we wanted to give you the example of dishonor, <laughs> but let's actually practice honor here. Let's practice honor here right now. All right, let's try this again. And the power of the Lord was present to do what? Heal them. them. Then behold, men brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring in and lay before him. They wanted to lay him before Jesus. And when they could not find how they might bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the housetop and let him down with his bed through the tiling and the mist before Jesus. They broke through the roof. And when he saw their faith, he said to them, Man, your, signs, uh, your sins are forgiving you. And the scribes and the Pharisees, all the people in the room there, began to reason, saying, Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But when Jesus did what? When Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered and said to them, why are you reasoning in your hearts? Which is easier to say your sins are forgiven or to say rise up and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. Immediately he rose up before them, took up what he had been lying on and departed to his own house, glorifying God. And they were all amazed, and they glorified God and were filled with fear, saying, We have seen strange things today. Now, I want you to get the reality of this. There were many people there that professed to believe in God that day. There were many people that professed to believe in God. These were Israelites, and what we see from the scriptures is that they were scribes and Pharisees. So these were people that were schooled in matters pertaining to God and the law. But I want you to notice that while the house was full of people that believed in God, what we see according to the scriptures is that they were sick from deep within. And how do we know that they were sick? Because notice that the scripture tells us that the power of God was present to heal them. What does that tell us? Jesus had intentions of healing them. Listen closely, not simply teaching them. Let me ask you a question. When you come to this house, 
Do you come to be taught or do you come to receive something from God? Your expectation determines what you receive. But as we see, none of them were healed. Instead, a man who wasn't even supposed to be there because of his crippled state was healed because somebody had the presence of mind to carry him and do whatever was necessary to bring him to Jesus. Another portion of the gospel tells us that it was four men who picked up this crippled man and brought him to Jesus. They broke through the roof. And what we see is that these men honored Jesus. Why? Because they knew where to go for healing. They knew where to go. They knew what to expect when they got there. They honored Jesus. Conversely, all the people that were gathered in that room with Jesus while he taught expected nothing from him. They expected nothing. They just wanted to hear some good teaching and see some cool tricks. They wanted to have their fancies tickled. They wanted to feel some goosebumps and feel loved and feel like, oh, that was a good message. But they left the same. There's an important point that we have to consider in this. Jesus was willing to heal them. The power of God is present right now to meet you at your place of need. Jesus is willing right now in this moment to heal, to restore, to transform, to, to, to regenerate and renew. So Jesus was willing to heal them, but he could not heal them because they dishonored him in their hearts. They said to themselves, who's this who speaks these blasphemies? In other words, they were saying, who's this guy that presumes that we should believe that he's sent of God? That he's the son of God? Let me ask you a question. Why do you show up to work on time? I want you to think about that. Why do you push yourself to work with people who you may not know? Think about that. Why do you go out of your way to do a good job and finish your tasks? Why do you go the extra mile to maintain certain relationships and sacrifice even to keep them going? Let me tell you why. Because you expect a return from them. Because you value them, because you honor those people. You honor that paycheck. Let me ask you this. Do you honor God that way? Do you truly honor God that way? Do we honor God that way? Do we honor God that way? You know, I purposely sent out a text today, uh, uh, earlier this week, and I said, come on time. Come early is what I said. It was an exercise. No knock on anyone. But I want you to consider this, man. Sometimes we honor our employers more than we do God. Oh, man. Could it be that that's the reality? See, outwardly, these people, they gave the appearance of godliness. 
They showed up to hear Jesus, the great teacher, but inwardly we see that they were selfish from within. They doubted, they complained, they disrespected, they dishonored Christ. They dishonored Christ. He was an afterthought. See, the honoring church is made up of, of, of people whose love for God is evidenced through their action in life, not where they sit on Sundays. We got to chew on that one. See, we don't just honor God for the sake of being seen. We don't honor God simply for the sake of patting ourselves on the back. I was a good little Christian today. No, we honor God where nobody else can see it. See, honor is an issue of the heart. It's an issue of the heart. It's an outward expression of an inward truth. So I want to ask you a question. Do you honor God? Don't answer that for me. We've got to reconcile this in our hearts. So we should take a moment to reflect upon the words of Jesus to people such as those that were in that room that day. And even those who remain within the body of Christ until this very day. And let me just say this with love and truth. If the shoe fits today, you can finish it for me, those of you that have been here. Don't wear it. It's time to change that shoe. It's time to take that shoe off. Matthew 23, 27, strong words from Jesus. He says, woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You're like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside, you're full of the bones of the dead and everything unclean. Those are strong words, and they require that we really consider what Jesus is saying. See, if the honor we render to God is restricted just to what we do on Sundays, no matter how late, If it's restricted to when we're together as the church for some event or function. In other words, if I show up as a Christian just when the church is doing something. It's not honor. You know what Jesus called it? Hypocrisy. Hypocrisy. That word hypocrite there is a, a strong word. In the Greek, here's what Jesus says. He's what he's saying in the Greek. He's saying, you stage players, you actor, you pretender, you dissembler. Ah. A dissembler is one who professes a belief that they do not hold in order to conceal their real feelings and motives. Could it be that the reason why we see more and more people afar from our loving God is because there are people within the church today that aren't truly honoring God. If I could just be frank, I get it. This is a heavy, heavy topic. It's a tough topic. It strikes right at the heart and the mind and our understanding of what it is to honor God. And I'll tell you why it's so important, because the church that doesn't honor from within, that doesn't honor each other, that doesn't honor what God is doing, that dismisses what God is doing within the church, is 
is made up of a people that does not honor wherever they go. I'm going to tell you why. Because if you can't do it amongst the people of God, then whatever you're doing outwardly is a fallacy. It's not reality. It's an act. Ta-da! It's an act. And so I want to give us some practical steps to restoring honor in the church. And let me, just, let me just say this, that I know that here in this house, it is comprised of many people that honor the Lord, that go above and beyond. But today is a visual and experiential exercise on what we cannot allow ourselves to become ever. 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 It is unacceptable to dishonor anyone when they walk through these doors. It is unacceptable to dishonor God by dishonoring people and not giving them the attention due that God gave them. It's unacceptable. And so the first point that I want to give you for application is that the honoring church is a selfless church. Say that with me. The honoring church is a selfless church. These people, these four men went out of their way. All these people, they went out of their way to hear Jesus teach. They were gathered beyond the point of comfort. And I know that for the people that were in the room, if you look at it at surface level, that sounds honorable and noble. But there was no honor among them because many of them likely crossed the path of the crippled man on the road trying to get there. They were in such a rush to hear Jesus teach, to see if he might perform a miracle or two, to get fed with the word. Maybe get touched by God, get a goosebump, feel good. They were pursuing God for self. It was all about them, and when it's all about you, there is no room for God. I want you to consider what 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5 says. It says, but mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Read this with me. Having a form of godliness but denying its power. Watch what the scripture says. Have nothing to do with such people. Now, if we could just leave verse 5 up, I want to point something out to you. Having a form of godliness, that's not talking about the world. That's talking about the church. That's talking about the church. Why do I point that out? According to what we just read from the scriptures, from the word of God, we will know that the last days are upon us 
when people in the church start to love themselves more than those among them in the church. We will know we are in the last days when people within the church are more concerned with being fed and served with the word rather than feeding and living and sharing the truth with others. We will know we are in the last days when people within the church get offended when they're asked to move their seat for the sake of another. We will know that we are in the last days when people within the church leave the church because of the style, because the style of worship doesn't fit their preference. Last time I checked, worship is about God, not about you. Just saying. I'm just saying. Right? We will know we're in the last days when people within the church leave the church because it's become too diverse for their liking. This literally just happened to a friend of ours in ministry. Someone who was very well noted and, and influential within the people in this church left the church because the church had grown too diverse ethnically, age-wise, and in every regard. That is unchristlike. Let me just serve notice, we don't do that here. Not in the church of Jesus Christ at Church at the Bridge. We do not dishonor God that way, and we will not dishonor anyone that way. We'll know we're in the last days when people within the church are happy when giving is acceptable as long as you're the one getting and being served with what's given. We will know we're in the last days when people within the church are comfortable with being a part of the church as long as they don't have to do something in the church. Wow. Simply put, I think this is an appropriate time to say that. Can we do that together? I love Pastor Jose. Thank you, I feel better already. Let me put it to you this way. Godliness is evidenced by selflessness. Godliness is evidenced by selflessness. That's honor. Listen, this crippled man was healed because while these men knew where to go for their healing... They preferred his healing over their healing. That's why Jesus, the scripture says, took note of their faith and healed this man. Did you get that? They knew where to go for healing. But they said, it's not about my healing. Let me help you get yours. The honoring church is a serving church. I'm going to say that again. The honoring church is a serving church. The church service held by Jesus on this day didn't start when the room was packed with all the people listening to Jesus. You know why? Because the church wasn't there. You know where the church was? The church was on the side of the road helping a man get to his healing. 
That's where the church was. The church wasn't in the building that day because the church isn't a building. These four men who helped this crippled man were trying to get to the same meeting as everyone else. But getting there for what they needed and wanted became unimportant when the need arose to get someone there who was more important. More important. They were willing to do whatever it took to serve this man's needs. A crowd couldn't stop them. The cost they would incur to fix the roof they broke through couldn't stop them. The children in the morning couldn't stop them. The multiple priorities of life couldn't stop them. People couldn't stop them. The weight that they would have to carry couldn't stop them. And the opinions of others as they lowered him down unto Jesus couldn't stop them. Listen closely. The church is a move of God made up by people on the move to serve and reach those who are far from God and those who are within the body itself. That's the church. Would you agree with that? Come on, give God some praise if you agree with that. Now remember you said you love me. Because I'm, look, the Bible says, Paul says that we are to speak the truth in love. And my aim in, in everything that, 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 I, that God gives me from the word is to teach it with love. But let me tell you, love is not a feeling. Love is truth. Love is truth. That doesn't mean that it isn't given with tenderness intact. But I'm just being honest here this morning. There is no reason, because we agree with this, that the honoring church is a serving church, there is no reason that 30% of the people who attend Church of the Bridge should carry 100% of the load to serve others here. I can guarantee you there were some today, this morning, that were annoyed that there was no coffee today. <laughs> that no one opened the door for you. That no one welcomed you. And I tell you, I want you to see what it feels like to others without you. There's no reason that we should have to cancel first service for our bridge kids department because we're wearing out the few volunteers that miss one and sometimes two services for your benefit. There's no reason that four people should have to lead all services in worship and we should have to use backing tracks when there are people who are gifted of God to sing and play an instrument in this house right now. Do you know that, let me, just, let me just be very practical with this. Do you know that the scripture clearly gives us instruction that when we worship and we sing songs of praise, that we should play it with instruments? The scripture says in the Psalms that we should pick up the lyre and the harp and all stringed instruments and that we should play them in praise unto the Lord. So if you play an instrument, hear what the, what the word of the Lord is to you this morning. If you have hands that are useful for something, hear what the word of the Lord is this morning. If you have a smile to offer someone, 
If you have a tender spirit, if you can work with children and love them, hear the word of the Lord today. Church, wake up. Wake up. There's no reason that anyone should cancel the one time that you serve in a month because a last-minute occasion with some friends or some nice weather popped up. There's no reason that people just like you with varying priorities and responsibilities should have to give up their time all the time for some who want to be served without any commitment to the Lord when they can sometimes. Let me give you scriptural context for this. Come on, say this with me. I love Pastor Jose. Thank you. I feel better already. Galatians 6, 2 says, carry each other's burdens. Let's get that, guys. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. While our ushers are bringing some, our deacons are bringing uh, a visual that I want to uh, share with you. I want you to consider what the scripture says. Let's put that scripture back up. Carry each other's burdens and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. The law of Christ there is talking about love. The love of God. And I want you to consider that the scripture says that we are to carry each other's burdens and in this way we fulfill the law of Christ. Miss Tiffany, could you join me up here this morning? Come on, give it up for Miss Tiffany. She's being brave this morning. Miss Tiffany, why don't you go ahead and pick that up for us? Go ahead and curl that for us. Is it a little heavy? Okay, okay. Go ahead, go ahead and set it down. We don't want you to get hurt. Miss Pat, could you come on up here real quick, please? Come on up here. Come on. Slide over to the side. Yep, slide over to the side. Come on, Miss Pat, quickly, quickly. Come on. Come on. Get on this side, Miss Pat. Yep. All right. I don't want you to hurt yourself, but go ahead and try to lift that up. All right, let, let, let's put that down. Let's put that down. You're still, it's still a little heavy. Sir, can I ask you for your help, sir? You look like a big guy. Come on, man. You could do this all by yourself. Come on over here. Could you grab onto that side over there, sir? Thank you so much. Come on, give it up for him. We're going to do this together. Is that all right? Let's pick it up. Now, I want you to consider what the scripture says. Carry each other's burdens... And in this way, you fulfill the law of Christ. Get this. When we carry one another, when we each divide the load, what's heavy becomes light, and it makes a move of God possible. Thank you. Let's put this down. Thank you very much. Go ahead and give it up for our volunteers. See, the church that honors God is made up of people that equally share the weight of carrying what God has called us to do. Why does this happen in the church? Well, we allow a few to carry the weight of many. Let me tell you why. Because for some of us, we think it'll be lighter on us if we don't serve. When in fact, the opposite is true. Let me give you scripture for that. The book of Exodus, we're going to look at that in a second. The book of Exodus recounts a time where Moses was busy leading the people of Israel. And he was doing everything. He was teaching everyone. He was addressing everyone's issues by himself. 
The Bible says that one day his father-in-law happened to come by for a visit. And he noted that Moses was busy the entire day doing everything for everyone. Listen to what Exodus 18, starting at verse 17, says. So Moses' father-in-law said to him, the thing you do is not what? Is not good. It's not good. Both you and these people who are with you will surely wear yourselves out. For this thing is too much for you. You are not able to perform it by yourself. Let's leave that scripture up, please. Now, I got a question. If Moses is doing all the lifting, how is it that the people would be worn out? How? I'll tell you how. I'll tell you why the wisdom of God spoke through Jethro that day. Because here's the reality, that when you don't serve and carry your portion of the load, it actually wears you out. That word wear out there in the Hebrew means to fade away. But listen to this. It means to fade away onto a path of dishonor. So in other words, when we're not active within the body of Christ, what the scripture says is we actually grow weary. We grow dissatisfied. We become unsettled. We struggle. Are you getting this picture? So let me give you a piece of advice. Get active in the body. Get active in the body. Today we're going to do something at the end of service. Because I've, I feel strongly from the Lord. Well, there's a couple of things we're going to do. Let me tell you a couple of things. Next, in the next week or so, many of you who serve and those of you who sign up today will get a call. Because I strongly feel from the Lord, based upon his word, that it's time that we shift to more than just having you serve once a month. You know what, what happens internally? I'm just going to open the books and I'm going to be transparent. You know what happens internally? I can't tell you how many people we have the last minute, the day of, oh, I can't make it, something came up. And guess what the staff has to do? I watch them. They have to scramble to try and figure out how can we get coverage, what do we need to do, who do we need to pull, what do we need to do to make this happen? And you just serve once a month. So here's what we're going to do going forward at Church at the Bridge. We're going to go to an A-B schedule. Here's what that means. We're going to have two large teams. Two large teams. And we're going to serve our church and every single person that comes through these doors well. Let me tell you what else we're going to do. We're going to fully staff our Bridge Kids department. We're going to overstaff them. And we're going to serve those children well. Let me tell you what else we're going to do. When we have community events, we're going to have fist fights breaking out amongst the church. You know why? Because you're going to have to fight to get in to serve. Because everybody's going to want to serve the Lord and honor God. You know why we're going to do this? Because we love God above everything. We honor God. Can I really dig in and go there? Do you know why we 
we open doors early. We open doors early so that the body of Christ has the opportunity to meet one another and interact with one another and strengthen one another. Now let me put on my pastor cap and let me speak to you from the heart of God. Be on time. Honor your brother and your sister in Christ. Honor the hurting person. Honor the person who's struggling. Honor the person who's questioning, God, where are you? Honor the person who disbelieves in God, but honor them so well that they experience Jesus through you. Is that all right? Come on, let's give God some praise. So if the shoe fits and you're changing it today, pick up a volunteer application today. And let's get busy about God's kingdom instead of our castles. I'll leave you with two last points because I'm over time. The honoring church is a giving church. Honoring church is a giving church. I'm going to give you two quick scriptures and then touch on this and move along. 2 Corinthians 9, 7. It's all right, sir. It's okay. It's okay. 2 Corinthians 9, 7. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion. In other words, not because somebody's forcing you. For God loves a cheerful giver. So what does that tell us? Giving is a decision that comes from the heart and is done cheerfully. Proverbs 3, verses 9 and 10 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. I want you to notice that there's two types of giving there. There's two types, your first fruits and your wealth. Then, verse 10 says, your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. So what we see is there's two ways that we give. The first one is one that some people cringe at. It's what's called the tithe. It's a tenth. Now, let me just quickly give you some context for this. The tithe is a tenth of what you've been entrusted but get this, it's not yours. It belongs to the Lord. It's the first fruit. Amen. That's the Lord's, right? Amen. The other half of this is the offering, according to the scripture, comes from your wealth. In other words, that's what's yours. Amen. That's what God has gracefully entrusted into your hands. Amen. Right? Amen. Now, I remember years ago, I used to be of the opinion that I was a big giver. You know why? Because we, we give a substantial tithe. I used to think, man, you know, I'm honoring God. But let me ask you a question. What honor is it unto God to give him what's already his? That belongs to him. It's his. And yes, it's honorable to do what the word says and to, to follow after that example because it's scriptural. But what we see is that what reflects the heart is the offering. The tithe belongs to God. The offering is what we give from a willing heart. And I'll tell you why I share that. Because when it comes to our time, when it comes to anything, you know what I see in the body of Christ by and large? And I can't say that I see that here as a common thing. But look, again, if the shoe fits, don't wear it, change it. Here's the reality. What I see 
by and large in the body of Christ, is that we will do what's expected of us. I'll give a tenth. I'll attempt to give a tenth. But how about giving from the heart? I'll give my offering unto you, Lord. I will do it cheerfully because I love you. Because I honor you. And we should take that approach with our time, with our talents, with our gifts, with our service. We should honor God that way. Is that all right? I leave you with this closing point. The honoring church is a loving church. The honoring church is a loving church. I'm not going to read it, but in John 13, Jesus basically told the disciples, I'm giving you a new command. And this command is that you love one another. You can put it up. I'm not going to read it, but you can put it up. He says, I'm giving you a new command, and this command is that you love one another. That you love one another as I have loved you. Right? So he gives them this command, and Jesus was speaking to the men that would establish the very beginnings of the church that we are a part of today. But notice the foundation that he told them on which to build the church. Love one another. Before you think about loving anybody else and going to love other people with the love of Jesus in the world, make sure that you're really loving one another first. Because anything we do outside of the church that didn't originate within the church and the body and we didn't learn and we didn't practice here is fake. So the church that honors God is one that leads with love first and foremost from within. And there's two powerful reasons for that. Because it gives evidence to Christ's power among us. It allows for God to work among us. To move within us. But the second reason is it's because it changes us. And it opens the door for God to bring change and hope into the lives of people. Of people. I leave you with the scripture. Let's stand here today in honor unto the Lord. 1 Peter 4.8 says this. Listen to what it says. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sin. You know what the scripture is saying there? It's saying that when this love that we have for one another is working among us, it begins to hinder and put a stop to the knowledge of sin. Let me give you an example of what the scripture is saying here. It's literally saying this, that when we love each other, the person that comes in beat up, torn up, messed up from the world, believing what they've been told, living what they've been taught, experiencing what everybody else is telling them, when they walk into a house where the body of Christ loves one another, the body of Christ begins to affirm and contradict the lies of the enemy and love them to such an extent that it begins to put a stop to the lie and the false belief that they are not worth anything. Come on, church. I am talking to you today. We are called to love one another and love everyone that walks through these doors. That's the church that honors God. That's the church. And so as we come to a close today, we're going to end with worship. We're going to do the announcements and offering and all that. But I want you to understand something. This is who we are. The church. 
is who you are. We exist to honor God. Church, church at the bridge, we exist to honor God. May we never forget that. And may we rise to the occasion, not just within these walls, but among each other, so that the world might know that Jesus loves them. And we might win some, that they might come to know Christ. Man, as, as I close here, my portion, if there's anyone here or online, and you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and today's the day that you say, I need God. I see a need for God. I see how much God loves me, and I see that God has given me a family of people that can truly love this way, that this is real, that God's love is real. My friend, if that's you today, here's what you need to know, that God loved you before you could ever love him or make a decision for him. He gave his son to die on a cross and rise again, not because he was bad, but because we were bad. And because we couldn't change it, he had to come in the form of a man to raise us up. If you believe that today, with well, us pray this with us. If you're in the house, I want you to do something. I want you to raise your hand and reach out to Christ. If you've never accepted Christ, make that decision today and raise your hand. Not because we're trying to embarrass or shame anybody or make a spectacle. No, because you are valuable. And because we want to acknowledge you and walk alongside you on this journey of faith. For those of you online, give us an emoji, send us a private message, do whatever you got to do. We want to walk alongside you. And if you're making that decision today, please fill out a connect card. Let us know that. We want to start this journey with you. Let's pray this together and then we'll get into some worship. Say, Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you died and you rose again to pay the price for my sin because you love me. Today I declare you are my Lord. You are my Savior. You are my God. And I thank you for a new life. I honor you from this day forward. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us here at Church of the Bridge today. I pray that you had a personal encounter with God, that he spoke to you powerfully, and that he met you at your place of need with this message. I also want to encourage you to go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube page. By doing so, you'll be able to check out past messages, uh, past events that we've done. You'll also be able to see what's happening now and those things that are to come. And lastly, I'd like to invite you to join with us in all that God is doing with your giving. Feel free to do so on our website. Again, thank you again for joining us, and I can't wait to connect with you next week.